Has he made you glad this morning? Can you say amen? Amen. He has made me glad, that's for sure. And I tell you, he's made me glad in several ways. In one way, he made me glad today because in my own way, I'm celebrating. Y'all might not realize something. You know, time flies. Today celebrates 10 years that Nicole and I have been here as pastor. Come in January as interim, and then in April time frame, we lost that, and that is so exciting to be able to be here and to be a servant to you and to lead you. Today, I want us to look at this word of encounter, and I want you to know something very important. Probably one of the most important things you can know today, and that is God knows who you are. And God loves you. You know, in today's time, we're designed as humans for relationship. We're designed for connection. And you know, when we look deep down inside, we all want one thing. And that is to be known. I don't mean known, but I mean to be truly known. I mean, look over, you know, when you're in high school, you do everything you can so people will recognize you. You want to be known. As adults, we're looking for a connection. We, we want to be known. But, you know, a lot of times we want people to know who we want them to know. We want to be known, but we only share with people what we think they want to know. Would you agree with that if we're honest? Because what we all have a fear in our life, and that is a fear if they really know everything about me, they might just not like me. And so often, especially in high school, people are made fun of and they understand that. But let me read to you what a... um, an analyst, a senior developer for a company called Infos. It's over in India. It's the largest IT company or the second largest IT company over there. And he wrote this, and I believe he really hits the spot. Listen to this. The desire to be known is a fundamental human need rooted in our innate social nature as human beings Being known by others can bring a sense of validation, affirmation, and belonging, which are essential to our emotional and psychological well-being. We want to be accepted. We want people to know who we are. We want affirmation and validation in our life. And I believe that's what drives everybody when you look behind the scenes of everything. And you know what we're needing to know today, what our students are needing to know, what our schools are needing to know. And what we need to know as individuals is that we are known. We all want to be known for who we really are. And I believe the Bible is very specific in giving us some wonderful news and some wonderful guidance about a great person, the creator of the universe, the Godhead, the Holy One, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches us that God is omniscient. It's a word we like to throw around sometimes. Well, what is omniscient? God is all-knowing, and he has infinite awareness. 
And I believe probably one place, if no better place than any other, is to turn to someone who God knew regardless of his past. And that is a writing by King David. Would you take your Bibles with me this morning and open them to the book of Psalm in the very middle of your Bible? Psalm 139. We're going to spend the next few weeks looking at this psalm, but I want us to break down today and understand that God knows you. Church, before we can do anything in the new year, before we can move forward, I truly believe inside of each of us, we need to understand that God knows us and that God loves us. Because if I was honest and I looked deep down in my dark spaces, I don't even like myself. Amen? Come on, let's be honest today. But God loves you. And he knows the deep, dark spots. Would you stand with me as we read from God's word this morning? Psalm 139, a psalm of King David. Follow along as I read these words and listen to them and let Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Oh, Father. Father, I thank you for Holy Spirit inspiring in the life of King David in the the midst of everything he had been through to say, God, that you know him. Father, you know us. And Lord, today our, our prayer is to come and to meet with you. Father, I want us to leave here today with a heart knowledge, not a head knowledge. Father, that you know us and Father, that it is embedded in our hearts that you love us. Father, would you open our eyes, Lord, really just open our eyes to to see what you have. Father, would you allow our ears to be tuned in? Father, we can hear that voice of Holy Spirit who inspired the word speak to us. And Father, may our hearts be full and respond to you. Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I know in my lifetime, there's been times that I've had people that I wanted to really get to know. But I'm like maybe others and I've put on an air about myself. I wanted them to know who I wanted them to know. I was afraid of not being validated. I was afraid of being rejected if they really knew who I was. 
if they knew the inside of me. And what a miserable life that is to live. And church, I want you to understand today as we look through this, that that doesn't have to be you in your relationship with God. Actually, let me change that. That's not you in your relationship to God. Because what I want you to understand is there is nowhere you can go, no part of your heart, your body, your mind, that you can separate that God does not know. And yet he still, in spite of all that, loves us. He loved us knowing that enough to send his son so that we could be there. But I want us to break this down and look at how is it for us How was it for King David? We're going to look at what King David wrote and then understand that what's going on in King David's life also goes on in your life and in my life. The first thing I want us to see is that it's very clearly spelled out that God knows your thoughts. Don't think you're hiding anything from him. Don't think, oh, if I don't say it, he won't know. He knows your very thoughts. Take a look there at verse 1. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. David is calling out to God, to his Lord, that capital L-O-R-D, the Elohim, the God in all who he is. And David says, O Lord, you have searched me. Not, Lord, you're going to search me. This is a completed action. You see the word have in front. You have searched me. God has searched into David and all that he is. God already knows. You know, we don't fully understand. We cannot comprehend the magnitude of God's omniscient, all-knowing power. There's different ideas of how God knows all of this. And one of them, because some people say we have a free will. If God already knows everything, we don't have a free will. Well, one view of thought that's out there, and get this, how what the magnitude of this is. God knows every infinite possibility that could be. He knows if you choose A, what's going to happen. He knows if you choose B, if you choose C, if you choose D, God knows it all. There's no possibility that God doesn't know. God has stepped into David's life and he has searched it. Even though David's life isn't over, God has searched his entire life and God knows everything about him. It says, you have searched me and you have known me. This known is not just another word for no, but a detailed no. You know me by experience. God has stepped into a personal way into King David's life. He has searched him. He has searched his thoughts, his mind, his heart, that inner being, who he is. God has searched all of him. He knows him by experience. I mean, you know, God could easily step up onto the throne and say, David... I know you. You're a murderer. David, you are an adulterer. You premeditated murder. You turned your back on me. But no, God knows David. 
God has searched within David what makes David tick. What is his consciousness? What's making him move? And that through he has known him to experience. He's searched him to explore. He's dug deep into David's life. Kind of like miners that go into a mine and you go down and down and down deep into the earth in search of something. God is personal and he cares about us, church. He cared about David. He has searched him. He has mined out what was there and he's known him. He's known him intimately. He's known him by experience. You know, I can let you know who I am on the outside very easy. But when you spend time with me, you'll begin to learn who I am on the inside. Because that can't always be hidden. God searched David. He knew David. He was there. He was intimate and personal. Can you imagine that, church? God himself is intimate and he is personal with us. He also told him in verse 2 that you know when I sit down, God, when I rise up or my sitting and my rising, you understand my thoughts from afar. Now, I know I have a swing, but I didn't say from afar, okay? But from afar, God knows. What does he mean by when I sit down and when I rise up? God knows every aspect about King David's life. He knows it when he's sitting down. How many of you sit down, amen? How many of you rise up? He knows when David rises up. Guess what? You're either sitting down or rising up. Everything about his life. There's nothing hidden Everything that we do, whether we're resting or working, God knows. He said, God, you know when I do these things. God is an omniscient God. He knows all things, but he's an omnipresent. He's everywhere. And through Holy Spirit, God is with each and every one of us. You know, when I sit down, God knows it. When you sit down, God knows it. He doesn't have to just see me or just see you. He sees all of us. And he knows every time we're down or we're up, he knows everything about us. But it says here that you understand My thoughts from afar. He pays attention to and considers King David's thoughts. As a ruler, King David had a lot of thoughts. In our life, we have a a lot of thoughts. God knows those. But I love how he says that you understand my thoughts from afar. He knows. He doesn't just hear them. He knows what your thoughts are. He knows what your intentions are. You see, God knows you. You are known, if by no one else other than God. You see what's amazing about this, what he's writing here, is you see, others can know what they see us do. But God understands And God knows even our hearts. He knows what we think. He knows our motives. He knows what makes us tick. Isn't that something we would love, married couples? That if our spouses really knew us well enough to know what makes us tick. 
Amen? I think that's what we long for. What about a friendship? You know, I always hear that, oh, I love when I can get in love enough that my wife starts to talk, I can finish her sentences. It's more than that. It's what is our motivation. God knows. You know, this is, can be an oh me or an oh my. It can be a hallelujah, God knows me, or yikes, God knows. Why am I at church? Am I here because it's what to do? Am I here to check off a box? Why do I spend time with God? He knows. Church, we should be here. This is a place set aside for a worship and an encounter of a God who knows you. When you're in your home, in the privacy of your own home, and you go to meet with him, are you there to meet with him because you want to get to know him and you want to fellowship with a God who loves you? Or are you there just to check something off the box? You see, you want an encounter with God? Then you come to God to worship him. Come expecting an encounter. Anytime you open your Bible church, expect an encounter with God. Anytime you pray, expect an encounter with God. I hope that anytime you come to this place that we come to worship, that you're coming to expect an encounter and to worship a holy God who knows you because he knows your thoughts. You're not kidding him. You're not faking him. He knows your intentions. But what awesome news that is for a soul who longs to be known. God knows you're not hiding. You're not faking. Not only that does God know our thoughts, but God knows your ways. Ooh, that's right. God knows your ways. What does King David say in verse 3? says, you scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. He's talking to God. He says, God, you're scrutinizing my path. You are winnowing. You know what they do when they winnow in a barley field? They take and they have all of the, the wheat out there and they've pressed it down and they have the, the, the good part and they have the chaff and they winnow by taking it and they throw it up. They begin sifting through what's there to find the substance versus the outcast. David is saying, God, you're scrutinizing, you're winnowing, you're sifting my path or my journeying, my going where I go. What my life is all about me. That's a a key, I think, through all of this is everything all about. God knows it all. God, he's saying, you have scrutinized. You're going through and you're sifting through my path. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Where am I going? You know, this can be great because wherever we go, guess what? God's going with us. Amen? He's right there with you. But just like earlier, maybe it's an old me because everywhere we go, God's going with us. There's no hiding from him. He sees it all. He goes over where you go. I pray that we can grow and we can mature as Christians and our life can become a walk that's pleasing to God. But if I'm honest with you, which I usually am, I've taken some God some places I wish I wouldn't have. But you know what? God knew that. 
God's a big enough man to walk right on along with me. And he loves me. He knows my ways. But I try to direct my ways to him. It says that he scrutinizes my path and my lying down. When King David would go to work, God knew. When King David was on his way home for rest, God knew. He knew his intentions and his purposes and where he was going. And not just did he do that, but it said, and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. To discern. God discerned his ways, his private and his personal. You know what I love here is intimately acquainted. God is very close. God is very close to you, church. He knows your thoughts. He knows your ways. And he's promised what? To never leave you, to never forsake you. What an awesome thing to know that God knows us. And it says that he's acquainted with, he's accustomed to, he knows our ways, our conduct, our journey and our actions, our directions. Where are we going? God is that. We are to direct our paths according to him, but he knows and he he follows along. Verse 4 says, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You don't have to try to hide anything from God. I'm here to tell you, you can't hide anything from God. Before the word even hits your tongue, before you even think it, God already knows it. What comes from my heart? You know, I've heard some people around me, before they go to say something, they want to, they want to stop just before they get there. Well, too late. God already knows. What you say in front of me, I mean, it might offend me, but I'm not the one you got to worry about. And that doesn't matter because he already knows. So what do we do when we encounter God with this great knowledge that we have that God knows our thoughts, he knows our ways, before we even speak, he knows what's there. You want me to tell you how to have a personal, precious, holy encounter with God? Go before God and be yourself. Because he knows he knows your ways. He knows you're there. I mean, you know, what good would it do for me to get up in the morning and put on my tie and I put on my jacket and button it up and I go to my little quiet time and, hey, God, here I am. It's me, in case you didn't know, and I've done that a few times. But you know why that might sound silly if I'm the only one there? How often do we really do that, though? We go before God because preacher harps on it. He won't ever shut up about reading God's word and spending time with him. Ten years, he's done it every week. But God knows. Go and be yourself. You know, there's times that I've gone into my quiet time. And probably some of the most precious time I had, I sit down. God, you know, I really don't want to be here right now. But I do want to be with you. See, that's what it is to encounter God. That's what it is for prayer. God's not a genie in a bottle. God, here I am. I'm going to rub today. Give me my three wishes. You know, people I was just reading uh, yesterday, a lot of people, if you'll ask them, if you poll most people, they're going to say prayer does not work. Now, 
Many of us in here have experienced God answering in a magnificent way a prayer request. But if we truly go before God thinking that he is there for us to give him a request, when he does not work the way we think he ought to, we will very quickly say God does not answer prayer. But what is the purpose of prayer? And then we can find out, does God really answer prayer? If the purpose of prayer is to get in the presence of God, he answers every single time you pray. Because we're in his presence. When we go before him, when we encounter him. In church, we don't have to go before him scared. I've done that before. Oh, God. Maybe I can't go to him today because of what I did last night. He already knows, and guess what? He's still there. Go and be myself. Go before him. And it says that he knows those things. You know, even before they form in our mind, speak it out. It says, you know it all. So that's what I want you to understand this morning is God knows your thoughts. King David explained that very clearly. God knew his thoughts. God knew his ways. God knew his thought when he pre, not only was he an adulterer, he premeditated his adultery. He asked, who is that woman? That is the wife of Uriah. And his mind, good, go ahead and bring her to me. He had an affair with a married woman. Then all of a sudden he realized there was a problem because everybody's going to know something happened because she come up pregnant. So he says, what am I going to do? So he premeditates murder and he writes out a decree to have Uriah killed. But where do we read in 1 Samuel about King David? Church, this is important. God said, I'm looking for a man after my own heart. Well, God, we need to step aside just a minute. Me and you need to have a talk. David's an adulterer. He's a murderer. And you call him a man after your own heart? Yes, because there was something different about David. And we're going to look at that in just a quick moment. But what I want you to understand is that God knew David's thoughts. God knows your thoughts. God knew David's ways, where he would go, what he was doing. God knows your ways. And thirdly, the key to all of this that God knows you is God loves you. Amen? Can I get an amen? God knows you. There's nothing you can hide, nothing you have to fear. God knows who you are and God loves you. Psalm 139 verse 5 says, You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. What is he talking about? You have enclosed me. The King James, some of you, it says it beset. God is beset. He has enveloped. He surrounds, he confines, he has bound David up. Showing his love for this man. Why can God do that? Because King David was confronted by Nathan. And do you know a lot of things could have happened. 
The prophet Nathan come before King David. He begins to share the story. And we've heard the story. King David said that man need to be taken care of. And Nathan looks square in the face of the king and says, you are that man. I liked how one person put it that I read. Said the angels in heaven were sitting anticipating what would his response be. David could have said, who? He was king. You know what else David could have done? David could have very easily with his sovereign kingship could have said, I now decree that adultery is no longer wrong. He had that power. There were some people who did some things like that. He could have said, kill Nathan. So nobody knows. He could have replaced Nathan. But what did David do when confronted with the truth? He loved the truth and he repented. He was sorrowful. That is a heart that God can take and God can use. That's the reason David was a man after God's own heart. What is this in closing? I said he he bound him up. Did God bind him up so that he couldn't do anything else? No, let me read to you the way this word would have been understood that's used here and broken down. To guard a valuable object. King David is in the presence of God. He's writing this psalm and he's saying, God, you have enclosed me from behind and front. He's completely surrounded in his life to be guarded as a valuable object. Church, you are known By God. He loves you and you are valuable to him. He binds around us. He wants to protect us. He says you enclose before me and behind me and you have laid your hand upon me. God laid his hand as we give God human characteristics to lay his hand on. Can you imagine someone longing to be known And the one who knows every deep, dark secret, every crevice, every cobweb in your life has now surrounded you because you're valuable. And can you imagine that person longing from the touch of the one who loves them? You know, when I'm gone for any length of time and I I come home, I'm longing for the touch of my love. Nicole, we long for the touch, the sense of connection and validation. God not only is protecting something valuable, but he has laid his hand on, he has touched David. And God has used David in a mighty way because he was truthful and he confessed. Church, God knows you. I want you to hear that. You're going to hear it over the next few weeks. God loves you. And God can use you. Regardless of your past. I'd say regardless of our future. When we encounter with God. Such magnificent knowledge. And love. And he says at verse 6. He says such knowledge is. Too wonderful for me. 
It is too high. I cannot contain it. Can you imagine, church, just for a moment, put yourself in King David's shoes? The holy God, he understood who God was. He understood who the creator was. He understood that God knew every thought before he even spoke it. He understood that God knew his ways, that God knew about his adultery, about his murder, and who knows what else. He's a human. But he's writing here, and now he's saying, God, your knowledge... Your omniscience, your knowing all is too wonderful. He can't comprehend. And I struggle with that too. I don't know about you. But when I struggle from where I've come and who God is, and through this entire Bible, he tells me that he loves me, I can't understand that. I can't understand why... A lot of people love me, but the one who knows everything chooses to love me. He chooses to love you regardless. It's too wonderful. He says, I I can't attain it. Now, I want to just recap this real quick for you. Because I want you to gather the detail and then I want to show you something. God knows your thoughts. Doesn't matter what you're thinking, God knows your thoughts. He knows your motives. He knows from within your heart. He knows everything there is to know about you. God knows your ways. He knows your motives. Why are you doing something? Where are you going to go? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And God loves you. Hear that. God knows you. God loves you. I want you, I'm going to say this and I want you to repeat it with me. God knows me. And then we're going to say God loves me. Okay. And I want, I want you to mean this. Say it with me. God knows me. Let's say that again. God knows me. God loves me. God loves me. I want to close with this verse. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think that God knows your thoughts. I want you to think that God knows your ways. And listen to this verse from the book of Zephaniah chapter 3. The Lord your God is in your midst. A victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Not us. God knows you. God loves you. And the scripture says that he rejoices over you with shouts of joy. Amen. That's the God we serve. Church, I want you to leave today as we begin this new year because I know that there are apprehensions every time a new year comes in. But one thing we do not have to be apprehensive about is does someone know us? 
Because the greatest person, the greatest being there is, God, knows you. He knows you intimately. He's connected with you. He knows what makes you tick. He knows why it makes you tick. And he knows more about you than you know about you. And he loves you. And scripture tells us that he rejoices over us. So I pray this week that you let that soak in. That you let that become who you are. And regardless of what you encounter, know that God knows you. May you bow your heads. Father God, I am so grateful, Lord, that your scripture reveals who you are. And Father, today we see you doctrinally as an omniscient God, an all-knowing God. Father, you know everything. Father, there's nothing that you don't know. You know what's seen. You know what's unseen. Father, you know what makes us who we are. And Father, you choose to love us. Thank you for that. Father, I pray that you would comfort us today. Father, that you would beset us, Lord. You would enclose us, Lord, as your word says. Because, Father, we're valuable to us. Would you guard us as valuable objects? And, Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Would you